How's it going, everybody? Uh, got a great episode for you today. I'm going to be reviewing Coming to America as well as Coming to America. Uh, we'll also be reviewing the new Walt Disney Animation Studios film, Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, I was going to review Chaos Walking this week, but I didn't get a chance to see it, so that'll that'll happen down the line somewhere whenever I get a chance to see it. Not really in any brush to watch it, though. Um, I will also be reviewing episode 9 of WandaVision. Uh, I would... Well, it kind of will be a, a review of the series as a whole, but I'm not going to go too deep with it because next week, uh, for those of you who didn't hear in the last episode or see on my social media, I am going to be having on David Payton, who plays the character Herb, a.k.a. John Collins, on the show WandaVision. Um, so, yeah, we'll definitely be going into the the show in, in somewhat depth there kind of just get his opinion on it and what he thought of the story overall because as far as i know he was watched all of it um as it came out but yeah we're gonna get into that as well as just kind of talking about some mcu stuff and kind of get his opinions on superheroes and marvel and dc and just all that kind of stuff as well as Movies in general and television, just kind of talk about pop culture, which is really what this podcast is based on. Um, but yeah, we'll also just kind of ask him some questions and get to know him a little bit better, get to know who he is outside of acting and stuff like that. Um, and I will also probably put out a post on my Instagram and Facebook uh, just asking for any questions that you guys might have for David Payton, but yeah, stay tuned for that episode next Sunday, uh, week from now, but yeah, uh, that's all the stuff I'm going to be reviewing today before any of that though, we are going to be talking about a little bit of movie news. There's not a whole lot that I really want to talk about. Um, but there's a couple things that I saw that I thought were worth mentioning. Um, you know me. I usually don't go too deep with the news unless, like, there's a lot that comes out that's that really blows my mind or something like that. But, yeah, let's not delay it any further. Let's cut to the intro music. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark. And we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Alright, my first piece of news here is apparently the MCU is developing a X, an X-Men film that might be called The Mutants. So they might be steering away from the X-Men 
you know, persona slash title um, slash just like team name, I guess, rather uh, and rather just calling them mutants, you know, rather than the X-Men, um, which is fine. I'm sure like that's a title that they'd be given eventually, maybe. Um, but over time or like in the beginning, they'd just be called the mutants or something like that. And then, you know, over time they, they get their name kind of like spoiler alert, Scarlet Witch did in WandaVision. Um, but yeah, it's just a rumor right now, but I could very much see that being a high possibility of Marvel just kind of like going a different route with it, calling them the mutants rather than X-Men stuff like that. And most likely just like over time giving them that title maybe. Um, but also X-Men is just like, you know, not very current, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, but yeah, the mutants, if that's the title of it, I'd be happy with that. So, yeah. Uh, next piece of news here. Sources at Warner Brothers say there's no plans to release the Snyder Cut in theaters. However, Zack Snyder confirmed that there's a black and white IMAX version, which is called the Justice League Justice is Gray. Uh, basically the ultimate edition. Um, and this version is set to release sometime uh, not too long after the regular version of it is released on HBO Max. So you'll be able to watch the regular version, and then not too long after, if you want, you can watch the black and white version, which is kind of what Logan did, uh, if you remember the, the digital-slash-DVD-slash-Blu-ray, or I think it was just Blu-ray and, uh, you know, 4K, and then probably digital but in that version, you can watch the black and white or the noir version is what they called it. So movies have been doing that a little bit here and there. Um, I'm not very familiar with other movies that have done that, but I'm sure it's not the only one. Um, yeah, so there's that. Uh, Screen Rant report, Screen Rant reports Amber Heard fired from Aquaman rumors debunked. Uh, if you didn't see this, uh, there were a lot of rumors going around that Amber Heard was indeed fired from Aquaman 2. Uh, this was kind of, this all kind of went down during this past week, um, and then it was debunked, and she is still set to appear in the film as her character of uh, Mira, right? Um, so yeah, I mean. I can't lie, I would rather she be fired, but oh well. I mean, it's a shitty situation, but what are we going to do about it? Nothing. The petitions did jack shit, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure Aquaman 2's box office will definitely... Have uh have a big chunk missing from all the people that that uh, boycott it whenever it comes out. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, there's that for you. 
But let me see. Last piece of news here. Or actually, there's two more pieces. I'll just say this one real quick. Quiet Place Part 2 is set to release in theaters on May 28th, which is Memorial Day. Um, I don't know if it had an official release date until now, just because it kept getting pushed back. Um, I honestly can't keep track, but May 28th isn't too far away, so I'm excited to see this movie. I thought the original was great, so we'll see how this story continues. And the last piece of news here is T.I., which has appeared in Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, will no longer be reprising his role as the character called Dave from those films uh, following the sexual abuse allegations from 11 different women. So, yeah, uh, I would say that it sucks, but honestly, out of the group of friends that, that Scott Lang has, he's definitely, like, the least memorable one. Um because he never really had much to do in those films at all, uh, other than just kind of be a stereotypical, you know, criminal kind of guy, I guess. Uh, But even then, like, I don't know. I didn't think that his character was all that interesting, so I'm not really going to miss his character at all, and I don't think it's going to subtract or add anything having him gone um but yeah there's that for you and that's all the news i have for today um yeah and like i said nothing too exciting but some stuff worth talking about for sure so yeah without further ado let's get into talking about coming to america Coming to America is a 1988 film directed by John Landis, uh, story by Eddie Murphy, screenplay by David Sheffield and Barry W. Blostein, um, and it stars Eddie Murphy as Prince Akeem and Arsenio Hall as Semi. Uh, supporting cast, you got James Earl Jones as King Jaffe Jafar, or Jafar. Hopefully, I don't know, I probably fucked that up. Uh, You also have... Where is... The important character in this film? Why am I not finding it? Sherry Headley as Lisa McDowell. And then you have John Amos Amos as Cleo McDowell. And that's pretty much the main cast of it. You also have a cameo from Samuel L. Jackson in there. Uh, But yeah, it's definitely regarded as a classic. Um, And for the longest time, I haven't, I hadn't seen it. Uh, Pretty much watched it the other day for the first time. And I was like, Hey, this isn't too bad. Um, Definitely going in or like coming out of it for the first time. uh, And just thinking about it. I'm like, I don't get the hype. But after I had time to sit with it, it's really the characters in there that that make me love it. Um, I wouldn't say this is going to be like my favorite movie of all time. Probably not even my in my top ten. But there's a lot I appreciate about it. Um, 
Eddie Murphy obviously is great in it. I love Arsenio Hall. Um, he is hilarious in this. That character, Semi, I don't know why. I think I like him better than Prince Akeem, to be honest. Um, but, yeah. Um, let me see. Basically, you got Prince Akeem, who is next in line in the throne. Uh, for the throne. Let me see. I'm going to try to get the... Uh... Alright. Immersed in luxury and riches. The courteous blue blood and refined air apparent... Yeah, apparent to Africa's prosperous kingdom of Zamunda. Prince Akim summons up the courage to reject an arranged marriage proposal on his 21st birthday. Bent on finding true love, the young aristocrat, along with his trusted valet, Semi, um, find themselves in the strange and unknown urban jungle of New York City's Queens, trying to mingle with their neighbors by posing as humble exchange students. More than anything in the world, the noble prince yearns to be loved for what he is and not for his title. However, can he find his soulmate in the bus- bustling Big Apple. And there you go. That's the, uh, um, the plot, essentially, for you. You know, he doesn't want to go through this with this arranged marriage. He wants to find somebody on his own accord. And uh, that's one of the things I really enjoyed about it. Um, just having him, you know, not be a fucking pervert and a prick and just like a big snob because he's rich, you know. He kind of is in some parts, but mostly he's a pretty humble guy from, you know, considering his his upbringing, you know. So for that, I would say I really like his character. Um, the comedy I thought was pretty good in this movie. Overall, I don't really know what it is that that makes me not like it uh, fully, but I don't know. I'm not quite sure what it is that makes me not fully enjoy it. Uh, But I would say for the most part, looking back on it, I'm like, I really love these characters and there's a lot of funny moments in here that I just find hilarious. So, um, again, yeah, I'm not really sure what it is about this movie that I don't necessarily like, but... Overall, I would say I really enjoyed this movie. Um, And getting into the second one, coming to America, um, you have the original cast, pretty much all the original cast coming back, like Arsenio Hall, Eddie Murphy, Sherry Headley, um, who else? James Earl Jones, John Amos. um, And then you have... Some other people coming in, like Morgan Freeman for a minute. Uh, you also have Terry Crews, Leslie Jones, Kiki Lane as Mika, which I believe is one of one of uh, Prince Akeem's kids. Uh, you also have Wesley Snipes as General Izzy. Um, Tiana Taylor as Bo- Bopoto. Is that one of his kids? I can't remember. I don't think so, actually. Bella Murphy as Oma. Uh, I believe that's one of his kids. 
And then Akili Love is Tanashi. I think that's his third kid. So he has three daughters and a son, played by Jermaine Fowler, playing Lavelle Johnson. Uh, and then you have Leslie Jones as Mary Johnson, and Tracy Morgan is his uncle Reem. So that's just kind of how those characters fit into it. But I would definitely say Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall uh, are definitely like more of the ensemble in this and not really the main stars. I would say the main star for sure is uh, Jermaine Fowler and and the daughters in this. Mika, Oma, and uh, Tanashi. Um, I believe I'm correct on that. Those are his three daughters. But yeah, it's basically about Eddie Murphy having this bastard son in Queens. Uh, and he needs a male heir to the throne. So he goes and grabs him, tries to make him prince material, essentially, and have him next in line after after Prince Hakeem is gone, you know? Uh, James Earl Jones is still in it, but he, uh, <clears throat> you know, He's getting older, and so it's like, oh, we gotta, we gotta figure this out real quick. Um, so yeah, the thing I will say about this that might might have people a little upset is that it barely takes place in America in Queens. Um, so if you're expecting that, you know, don't, <laughs> I guess. Um, it pretty much takes place in Zamunda, which I don't mind at all. Uh, I think we already got a movie in Queens, and we don't really need a movie where somebody's going around seeing how different New York is as to what it was in the 80s, because I feel like we've already kind of got things like that. Um, like, a lot of people will compare this to the second Borat movie, especially having the whole kids aspect in it. Um, I would say Borat 2 definitely did it better in terms of having a sequel to a beloved comedy, a cult classic, essentially. Um, but yeah, overall, I would say this movie did what it was trying to do pretty well, but fell pretty flat for me in a lot of parts. Um, it had a lot of like, um, it had a lot of heart in it for sure having the whole uh, Lavelle Johnson character in there. You know, I really liked him after a while, uh, and he really started growing me as a character, and I was just like, man, this guy's great. But um, overall, I would say in terms of sequels, it's not bad, but it's also not great. Um, and given that I'm not the biggest fan of the original, uh, I just have to say, you know, it's it's not great, but I wouldn't I wouldn't shit on it or anything. I wouldn't shit on either of them. I'd say they're both pretty, pretty good movies, but just not, not quite my, uh, not quite on my level of comedy, I guess, in a way. Um, but I can see why people love them for sure. The first one specifically, uh, I don't think this, this second one is going to be as, as praised as the first for sure. Um, but yeah, there's my reviews for coming to America and coming to America. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Uh, 
in the comment section of this YouTube video. Just let me know what you thought about that movie or either of them, really. If you have a different opinion than me, I would love to know. But yeah, this video will probably take a minute to get up on YouTube. It'll probably come out on like Wednesday or something like that, along with the previous episode. So yeah, let me know what you thought. The last movie I'm going to review today is Raya and the Last Dragon, which is from Walt Disney Animation Studios. It is directed by Don Hall, Carlos Lopez, Estrada, and co-directed by Paul Briggs and John Ripa. It is a screenplay by Quee Nugan, hopefully I'm saying that right, Adele Lim, Paul, uh, story by Paul Briggs, Don Hall, Adele Lim. Carlos Lopez Estrada, Kill Murray, uh, Kwai Nugan, John Ripa, and Dean Wellens. So there you go. I just went through all that, if you actually care. Uh, which, I mean, I guess I do. Uh, I don't know why I always go through everything like that when I really don't need to, but oh well. I do it anyways. <laughs> Uh, Kelly Marie Tran as Rhea in the movie. Aquafina playing Sisu, which is the last dragon. Uh, you got Gemma Chan as Namari. Isaac Wong, uh, Wang as Boone. Yeah, Boone. Uh, Daniel Day Kim as Benja. Benedict Wong as Tong. Uh, and that's pretty much the main cast, I would say. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. Basically, I'll give you the little synopsis here. Uh, long ago, in the fantasy world of Kumandra, uh, which sounds very Game of Thrones, humans and dragons live together in harmony. However, when sinister monsters known as the Drun threaten the land, the dragons sacrifice themselves to save humanity. Now, 500 years later, those same monsters have returned, and it's up to a lone warrior to track down the last dragon and stop the drun for good. So yeah, sounds pretty fucking epic, doesn't it? Uh, and it looks epic too. The visuals in this film are fantastic. Like the best I have ever seen, to be honest. I would say Soul just did just a little teensy weensy bit better. Just a little bit. But there were definitely a lot of visuals in here that, that blew me the fuck away. For sure, then certain parts where I was like, man, this looks almost real in certain aspects. But then you obviously get the fantasy aspects that pulls you right out of that that thinking. Um, but I have no problem with that. The only problem I have with this movie is that it marketed itself uh, as a very epic and serious movie. Which it is in a lot of parts, but I would mostly say this is a comedy um, I would say Double Toasted did a really good review on this, as well as Coming to America, uh, Coming to America, um, kind of hit the ball right on the nose. That's probably not the saying, but, <laughs> uh, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it, it, the way it, this movie was marketed, it made it seem like it was going to be this epic, you know, action packed adventure movie. Which it is, again, at a lot of points, but the way the comedy is integrated with it, it's made very childish in a lot of parts, which I usually, <clears throat> voice just cracked there, 
I usually don't mind. Um, but it just wasn't what I was hoping for and expecting going into it. Um, which I don't mind movies and television doing different things from what I expect. That's, that's usually a good thing, but with this, it just didn't take itself seriously enough. I feel like, um, I should have probably guessed that it was going to be more comedy because of Aquafina being in it, but also I can, I feel like she can be very serious at points too, which her character is at points, but mostly her, her character is, uh, you know, the comedic, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? shoot like the character that comes in being funny to release the tension you know you know what i mean um but overall there are a lot of parts where her character is kind of annoying i can't lie i love aquafina i think she is awesome i think she's so funny but there are certain parts with her character where i'm just like shut the fuck up you're being annoying (laughs) but you know I can get over that, to be honest. Um, And it doesn't bother me. Thinking back in the movie just was one thing. But I will say this movie experience was was made pretty, pretty bad by a few a few dudes a couple rows down that would not fucking shut up for the life of them. and I usually never complain, but I complained on them and nothing was done. And then, like, towards the end of the movie, people were, like, telling them to shut up and shushing them and, and shit. And it was just like, oh, my God. I hate it when people do that. Then he had a baby crying, which I don't mind as much because a baby can't really control itself. But, you know, a couple of grown human beings should be able to know to shut the fuck up. Uh, they were just being really annoying. And slightly inappropriate, too, in a kid's movie. Just kind of, like, making sexual comments about Rhea. But, you know, whatever. Sure. It's great. It's fine. Uh, But, yeah. It wasn't the greatest movie-going experience. But I would say it didn't really ruin the movie. And, like, me being able to get what I was supposed to out of it. Um... There were a couple parts I missed, just like going to the. I had to go to the bathroom once, and then I like complained about those people once too. But I didn't really miss a whole lot because I walk fast. I have long legs, so. Uh, yeah, I really didn't miss a whole lot, and probably a lot of what I missed was expedi- exposition. To be honest, um, that's definitely what it seemed like. But overall, I would say the visuals of this movie were great. Uh, but in the end, I would. I would have hoped that it would have taken taken itself a little more seriously. Uh, I think it had a really amazing and somewhat dark, but also just like grand adventurous plot, epic plot. And uh, I don't know. And then the designs of the dragons just kind of Corey Coleman from double toasted definitely got this right. Uh, When I heard it, I was just like, you know what? Yeah, ex- exactly. That's exactly what they're like. The dragons in this movie are like My Little Ponies if you just fucking stretch those motherfuckers out. And uh, they're all hairy and shit and stuff like that. They don't really look like dragons. 
Um, but they are supposed to resemble, you know, more Chinese looking dragons, not really having wings. Um, these dragons being associated more, to, more with water than fire, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. But in the end, I, I think it just didn't take itself seriously enough with the grandeur plot that it had. Um, I thought the characters were fun and I thought the messages were good. Um, and I, again, thought it was visually breathtaking, but in the end, it just didn't quite live up to what I hoped it would be and definitely didn't, wasn't marketed very well because the comedy aspect just wasn't quite apparent from the trailers, I guess, which isn't always bad. Like with Avengers Endgame, that movie was surprisingly funny, but the trailers were very dark and somber. It's just like, well, yeah, they kind of had to pitch it like that because if they pitched it as a comedy, people would be like, what the fuck? But like, if you just put people into it, they're pleasantly surprised and not just like super depressed. But, um, I'm kind of going off the topic here, but yeah, Ray and the last dragon. I, I would say it's not worth $30. Uh, to watch it on Disney Plus, um, unless you're going to watch it with, you know, your whole family or a group of friends or something like that, then it's worth it. Uh, if you're, you know, if you were going to pay more for tickets than just paying for watching it at your on your TV at home, uh, then sure, go for it. But if it's just you watching it, one singular person, I would say if you really want to go see it, go to the theaters because it's not worth $30 in my opinion. Um, and that's just renting too. So it's like, yeah, fuck that. Um, but yeah, it should be free on Disney plus at some point. So just wait a while and then you'll be able to watch it for free or not really free, but. You know what I mean? If you have a Disney Plus subscription, then it comes at no extra charge. Uh, but yeah, there's my review for Raya and the Last Dragon. And now we're going to get into talking about WandaVision Episode 9, as well as just kind of talking about the series as a whole. All right, WandaVision Episode 9. So this is titled The Series Finale, and it is the series finale. Definitely don't think there's going to be a secret 10th episode releasing at any point. I think they definitely wrapped it up and wouldn't really make sense to have another episode come out. Um, but yeah, this episode was quite something. Um, if I'm being honest, I'm not the biggest fan of how it all wrapped up. kind of wish it would have gone a little bit differently. Um, I think it was just the, the, and by the way, this is going straight into spoilers. Um, so if you haven't watched it yet, you have been warned. Um, I didn't care for the big CGI fight at the end. Just witches kind of throwing powers at each other didn't really wow me that much, to be honest. Um, but... I'm not 
like upset with the ending or anything like that. I'm barely disappointed, just barely. Like, you know, I I'm happy with the way it ended, and that they subverted expectations and didn't do anything like super predictable that everybody was thinking like Mephisto or bringing in Doctor Strange or just, you know, Evan Peters being the Fox version of Quicksilver. Um, It's just like, yeah, we can't do all that because that's what everybody's expecting. I will say that Paul Bettany definitely dug himself a grave saying that there's going to be a big cameo. Uh, And then I, he did come out and say that there was going to be no big cameo. And then the directors and all that were like, yeah, no, but, um, yeah, that was definitely a misstep on his part. Um, but yeah, shit happens. Oh, well, uh, I definitely think a lot of people are going to be disappointed, but I think a lot of people will just be like, you know what? I'm a Marvel fan and I'm going to be happy with this because, you know, it could have gone worse. Uh, it really could have gone off the rails, and it, for the most part, stayed pretty self-contained. So that's something to be appreciated. Um, it didn't try to like, you know, bring in every fucking character and chill like that, and kick off the X-Men. Um, that would have been a little predictable, and I think they're saving that for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So. It just makes me more excited for that movie, to be honest. Um, so, yeah. There's there's kind of my review of episode 9. Um, just like kind of what I thought if I was, you know, disappointed or satisfied. Somewhere in, the, in between, I feel like. Um, but in the end, I'm still happy with it. And I still like the show overall. Um, so yeah, uh, let's see, you know, you have the fight between regular vision and white vision and all the memories of, you know, visions, you know, whole, whole mind, I guess is just unlocked inside white vision. So he is, you know, real physical vision now with his memories. Um, so I thought that was neat. thought it was weird how he just pieced out of there. But, uh, it's definitely to be assumed that we'll see him again. Um, kids weren't real, so that sucks. But I think we're going to see them again, too. And maybe even Ralph Boner will get an appearance again, but I kind of doubt it. Um, poor old Ralph Boner. Um... I'm kind of disappointed by that. I can't lie. That that felt like a bit of a slap in the face. But, but oh well. I'll get over it. Ah, uh, man. But, yeah. I mean, I'm satisfied. The way I'm thinking about it, I'm just like, you know. Marvel is my obsession. So... I'm going to love it no matter what. So, yeah, it's just like one of those things. I'm like, I love this. And uh, even though it has flaws, it doesn't make me love it any less. And it's kind of 
kind of just what it means to be a fan. You know, you accept it for its flaws and and love it regardless. So, yeah, there's kind of my my breakdown-ish of WandaVision Episode Nine and the series as a whole. I would say it came together pretty good. Um, Monica's going to go to space, so that's pretty cool. Got Wanda reading the Darkhold at the end. Um, that shit was pretty cool. Got a, got a Sorcerer Supreme name drop in there, so. Lots of cool shit in there, but. Yeah, sorry for the, the short review of WandaVision Episode 9 and kind of talking about the series as a whole, but I'm definitely going to be getting into it next week with David Payton, um, so look out for that. Should be coming out next Sunday. I'm going to end the episode here. Sorry, it's not the longest episode, but it's something. So, uh, yeah, this should be up on YouTube by like Wednesday. Um, that and the previous episode. Sorry for being inconsistent with that, but the David Payton interview will be a priority. So that's going to go up no matter what. Thank you guys for listening. You can hit me up on Instagram and Facebook at Pop Culture Podcast. I am on YouTube under the same name. And uh, yeah, listen to the podcast where pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks for watching.